Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher and author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love. And I'm delighted to welcome Deborah Landwehr Engel, author of Be the Light That You Are, which shares an approach to moving from sometimes sadness, bitterness, and divisiveness to peace during these highly charged political and emotional issues facing the nation and world, and a way inspired by A Course in Miracles to tap into your own alignment to higher consciousness and to live with kindness, decency, and authenticity in these troubled times. Hello, Deborah, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within today. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Deborah, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my very talented guests and I share personal, intimate stories and insights as we truly seek to understand our dual nature as spiritual beings having a physical life and how we may become more attuned to our inner sense of intuition and guidance from spirit so we may begin to know that the physical world and all its challenges provide opportunities for self-growth and for us to master our emotions leading to greater health happiness prosperity and well-being in today's episode Deborah Landwehr Engel a longtime teacher of A Course in Miracles and the author of The Only Little Prayer You Need and Let Your Spirit Guide Speak will share 10 simple ways to live with the light energy force and love that is your true nature and offer ways we may all change the world and make a difference. Deborah, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, an event, a challenge that may have shown them or others the values and interests they would pursue in their adult life. Uh, for I believe we are born with a soul destiny and life plan, and it just unfolds little by little as we begin to remember who we are and where we come from. So tell us your earlier remembrances. Sure. It's such a wonderful question and place to start. Two things come to mind because I always think of my life as following two parallel paths, one about writing and publishing and communication and one about spiritual and inner development. So I can remember growing up in Des Moines, Iowa, one of the most stable, safe places, I think, probably in the world. And my parents were both interested in metaphysics, even though they didn't talk about it a lot, they didn't push it by any means. But they did subscribe to magazines like Fate magazine. They were involved in Unity Church, which has a very metaphysical component to it. They also subscribed to UFO magazine. So their interests went beyond just metaphysics and into other realms, too. And I can remember so clearly on summer days, I would sit down in our basement, in our rec room, as it was called back then, and I would just consume the stories in these magazines about near-death experiences, reincarnation, all of those just struck such a chord in me. They resonated so strongly, and I couldn't get enough of them. So I knew from an early age that this was something that I had a very clear interest in. I had no idea where it would lead me, but I just knew that I couldn't get enough of it. And then on the writing side, the communication side, 
also a very clear memory of being in fifth grade. I had written a book report, and their teacher had said, you read whatever book you want, write whatever kind of report you want. It doesn't have to be just the, the standard straight book report. So I remember reading a book about the Loch Ness Monster. Again, you know, <laughs> kind of interested in um, other realms, other worlds, mysticism. Mm-hmm. And I, instead of doing a book report, I created the front page of a newspaper all about the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Turned it into my teacher. The next day, she tapped me on the shoulder and said, come with me, we're going to the principal's office. <laughs> and I sweated. You <laughs> scared. Oh, my gosh, because I'm the youngest of six kids, and we did not go to the principal's office. But it turned out that she took me to the principal's office because she loved what I had done with my newspaper report of the Loch Ness Monster and just wanted to show the principal. And I remember that very moment feeling like, it was affirmation that, oh, this was, it had been so much fun to do. Maybe writing was something that I could do. And then over time, those two, two things just came together. And I'm so thrilled now to be at the stage of my life where I'm writing, publishing, and it's all about spirituality. Well, you know, we all have spiritual gifts, whether it's music or art or healing. And when I was a little girl, I, I, I was very empathic. So I was always picking up people's feelings. And if they were sad, I was crying. If they were joyful, I was laughing. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was expressing other people's feelings. And uh, it was a gift, and it led me to become a Reiki master teacher, yes. healer, and medium. But it took me a long time because I wasn't in a family like yours. Uh, I didn't have an opening. They were very practical people, scientific people. And I was very uh, into science fiction, like you, and I thought everything was possible. When I watched Star Trek and saw that transporter room that could yeah. take a person from one dimension to the next, or one, I said, whatever the mind can think, they can create Yes. So, so see, we already had this awareness that we were so much more, uh, but, right. but we didn't know what to do with it yet. So exactly. you, you wrote this, Deborah. This was in your book. You wrote, when I was a little girl, I knew there was something more than this world of houses to live in and Monopoly games to play and bicycles to ride. On some level, even though it wasn't conscious, I knew that we each had a soul, spirit, Our dog Pepper and her puppies had souls. The sycamore tree I climbed in the front yard had a soul. The fireflies we caught in mason jars with holes punched in the lids had souls. The word soul means different things to different people, but I mean it as a spark of light, a mysterious but animating energy that brought us to life and gave us the ability to feel care and experience I knew this light came from a source beyond me and that we all embodied it a gruff old neighbor across the street had it so did my teachers the ones I liked and the ones I didn't like so did Billy the boy in my class who talked with a lisp and was the target of other people's or kids jokes so yeah 
there you expressed our childhood and, right. and, and our interest in the metaphysical world and dimensions of life and afterlife and other life and UFOs yes. and, and all of it. So it was within <laughs> us. And I think it's probably within a lot of people, but they just are afraid to express it. They think they'll be thought odd or different or they're with people in lifestyles that don't you know, make it uh, accessible at that time for them. So I think that was great what you wrote. Now, Deborah, you say on the back description of the book, life is hard. And I think many people may think this, but I prefer to think of life as riddled with mysteries and unsolved ways to bring out all our talents and remembrances of our, of our so we can see the beauty of nature and the world and spirit and learn to accept everything as necessary for our soul development and evolution. So I don't think of it exactly as mm -hmm. hard as much as it is what it is, a physical world where change is constant, so we have to find ways to make it easier for ourselves and for others. What are some of the ways we can stay true to our higher values and spiritual principles and understand life as a vehicle for our best interests. Now, you give a lot of different ways that we can start to do this and move beyond thinking it hard and thinking of it as just um, allowing, accepting, surrendering, and necessary and okay, because we'll always be okay. So right. tell us something yes. about that. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you picked up on that, the life is hard, <laughs> because to be honest with you, those are my publisher's words about the book, and they're not my words. And Good. I actually, <laughs> yes, asked them to rewrite it, <laughs> because I don't believe that life is hard, too, or I, I know that that thought is certainly part of our programming and part of the collective belief yes. system, but it's not what I want to teach, and it's not what I represent at all. Uh, my view of the world is very much in alignment with what you so beautifully stated. So that's what this book is truly all about. It's actually about helping people get so far beyond that belief system that says life is hard. We are living in a time where, boy, if you, you know, listen to the news for a couple of minutes, you are probably going to be overwhelmed with a lot of fear-based messages, a lot of patterns of thinking that are not supportive, that are very heavy, that are not light, that are at a vibration of energy that's not where it's just not conducive to our health and well-being as human beings or as a collective world. So what I wanted to do with this book was to talk about 10 principles, starting with be the light that you are, that you are the light, that all of us came into this world created by source energy. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we are divine love. We are not just that spark of light that is our soul, but we are whole and complete expressions of love and light in this world and all others. My belief is that we come into this world to come into these lifetimes to take part in the expansion and the extension of loving energy, and that's the only reason we're here. But if we're trying to do that from our fear-based mind, the one that says life is hard, then we're constantly trying to overcome and overcome and overcome, and we are bombarded. We're always putting up walls in our own way of saying this is not possible. We're always going back to the ego belief of I'm not enough, I don't matter. And when we believe that about ourselves, then life certainly is hard. That's why the very first chapter in the book is 
know that you are the light. This can be very difficult for some people, especially if they've been brought up in churches or religious traditions that say that it's blasphemous to consider yourself the light. But in most religious traditions, there is some form of saying you are the light of the world. You were created by God, by spirit, by divine love. And what A Course in Miracles says is that it's not in any way arrogant to know and accept that about ourselves, to claim it and to live from it. In fact, the exact opposite is true. It's when we don't see ourselves as the light, when we see ourselves as less than, not worthy, not mattering. That's what's arrogant, because that's a denial of the creation of God. And, you know, really, when you think about it, it makes so much sense. Um, we, we were all created by the same light spirit. And so that's the essence of who we are. And when we can truly claim that by, about ourselves, everything shifts. Yeah. Everything shifts. And I, and it starts there. Beautiful. And I am so glad I started with that because yeah. the reason, I, I knew you couldn't have meant that. I knew somehow it was an easy way just to say, well, this book may help you to get to the truth of the divine essence you are and the great potential you have because we're all a spark of God. God's within us and we're within God in the universe. I, I, I know that's where you were. So someone else put that. And I once heard that years ago from someone who had a little sense of reality and soul being. She only wanted to be part of the physical world. And she and everyone around her were struggling because of that belief system. So I said to her quite simply, well, that's not true. I said, if you think it to be true, it will be your reality. You're putting all your time and energy and effort into believing that. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe we, we came into this world, as you said, whole and with this magnificent potential to bring love, which is our natural state of being, out into the world and to make ourselves happy and the world a better place to be in so that's why when I saw that it brought back that memory of that time when I, I didn't know how to express it I did express it but I don't think that that person was able to understand what you and I are talking about here at that time maybe by now she does or maybe in some other time and place she will but some of the things we need to do that you mentioned were claim our unique gifts and blessings foster self-love meet others without judgment ask for help that's very important rising above the battlefield instead of engaging with the negativity that we're hearing in the media and in the political arena we have to rise above it to maintain our sense of peace and well-being and closeness to spirit and the higher values of the universe, so to put it. And take right. the path, very important, of forgiveness, right? If we right. can start to do these things, uh, the world's going to be a better place and very quickly. So it is. let's go on to, although some of the teachings seem basic in a course, of miracles, some even simplistic. It is still difficult for many people to implement them into their everyday lives. So tell us about some of the constant thoughts or main theme and direction of A Course in Miracles. I've read it. Uh-huh. Right. So it is, for anyone who has not read it or isn't familiar with it, 
It's a pretty massive text, 31 chapters. Yes. Uh, plus, yes, a workbook for students that's 365 daily lessons. And then there's supplemental material beyond that as well. But the crux of the teachings in the course, it really comes down to something that it says in the introduction. It says there's love and there's fear, and of those two, only love is real. So the course goes into great detail to help us understand that as human beings, we are born into this world with an ego mind, a small mind, mm. a part of our mind that believes that we're not enough, that believes that we don't matter, that is constantly in a place of guilt, that's always looking for someone to love, to affirm that I'm lovable, I'm likable, and is always afraid. So it's constantly got its radar out saying, I'm going to be attacked. I'm expecting that this world is a difficult place, a place of struggle. And as you said, because the, the ego mind believes that, of course, that's exactly what it creates, projects, and experiences. Mm -hmm. But the Course says that we also have our higher mind, our higher self, the truth, the essence of who we are. And that mind remembers our connection with God. It remembers our source. It remembers that we have only one function here. doesn't matter what our identity is, what we do for a living, what our title is, what our relationships are. We all really only came here for one function, and the Course says that that function is joy. Our job is joy, and our function is forgiveness. So when we bring those aspects of love into this world, being those, not because we are going out and seeking them and then using them and adopting them, but being the love, being mm. forgiveness, being truth, being peace, being joy, just being the well-being that we were created to be, abundance, for instance, um, then we are living out the truth from our higher self, our higher mind, and the power that the ego seems to have over us and in this world ceases to exist or at least ceases for a moment. This is certainly a spiritual practice. This is why the Course has the 365 daily lessons, because you think about how many years we spend in these lives growing up, sometimes in supportive families and um, communities, and sometimes not. And yeah. no matter what, we're taking on all of these teachings of the world, and generally those teachings are fear-based. Those are the teachings of you have to struggle. You have to try right. really hard, and you probably won't succeed. If you are ever going to find love, it's going to hurt, because if it's just joyful and easy, then it can't be real. You know, it sets up, these beliefs set up things that, well, like one it's of those. Sort of, it sort yeah. of sets it up in a backwards way, it does. starting it does. from the back end to go to where we really need to be, where we should start from, exactly. and then proceed. You know, I also think... Uh, a question that almost all spiritualists asks, who are you? You know, yeah. when, you, when you're asked that question, maybe years ago before I became so active in this work, the last 25 years ago, I might have answered, well, well I'm a human being, I'm a woman, I'm, a, uh, um, I'm married, I, I, I own a home, I have children, I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, that's all coming from our ego and all the things we have been taught to value, uh, the expectations of people around us, family, teachers, spouses, friends. Uh, but I wouldn't answer that way anymore because right. 
we have come in this to this life to remember who we are, who we always were, who we will be eternally, and that is a being of light, a soul force, an energy, a, a, a part of the creative force of expansion, love, and creation, and I don't have to go into the different versions of my personality or physical life any longer because as an energy uh, practitioner I feel the light inside I see it it radiates and I uh, see it in others and feel it in others Uh, but as I say there were many years where I would have reacted and answered quite differently because I was as indoctrinated as everyone else from childhood and it, it it's a matter of unlearning almost everything that was not for your well-being and the interest of your destiny and life plan and you and I have done it and many others but let's go on to you say this book be the light that you are is not a Christian book or a Buddhist book or a Jewish book but a book for humans and I've studied all these different things because that was my that was my quest since I was in college. Who are we? You know, why are we here? And how to make sense of things that just don't make sense? So, go on, answer please for us. Sure. Well, and the reason for that is again because the Course in Miracles talks about these principles of the ego mind and the truth, the light that we are, being true for everyone. This is certainly not a religion. It's not a denomination. <laughs> you know, it's not right. a particular theology. This is what they call spiritual psychology um, or psychotherapy. And it's, they call it that because it really is about how we think. Now, if you look at different world religions, world religions have done a lot of good. And I think a lot of people would agree that they also have probably incited a lot of fear as yes. well, mm-hmm. because the ego teachings get embedded in religion, and you can see this over and over and over again in A Course in Miracles, where some of the the most well-known Bible passages are reinterpreted. You know, it's like, this is what it really meant originally, and you can see how it just got thwarted, um, how it got tweaked by fear, and instead of helping to incite more love, and expand more love, inspire more love. Instead, it was used to be exclusive or to keep people at bay or to say there's only one right path or you have to think like us or we're right and you're wrong. All of those things are coming from the ego. And when we go down that path, then we are doing that simply to try to feed our own egos. You know, if I'm saying I'm right and you're wrong, then I'm saying that not out of love and out of expansion and out of acceptance and kindness i'm saying it because i feel like i'm not enough and so if i can be right and convince you that i have better thoughts that you than you do then maybe i'll feel better about myself Mm -hmm. so that's the thing about so many of the ego's thoughts is that um we just we are not even aware of where they come from the book that i wrote called the only little prayer you need is really a wonderful precursor to this because it's about just a very simple prayer that can ask spirit to come in and intervene every time we have a fear-based thought. But the thing that we have to do first is to start paying attention to 
what are ego or fear-based thoughts? What do those look like? What do they sound like? Because we go through our lives, you know, just doing our days, not even aware of how much of it is based on fear, on separation, on trying to keep ourselves um, safe, and in doing so, really keeping ourselves apart from all that the world has available for us. Right. So what is the prayer? How, do, how, how would one say this so that they can, on a daily basis, be able to redire- redirect their thoughts away from fear to love and more acceptance of themselves and uh, the joy that they have within them? So what is right. how would they verbalize this prayer? The basic prayer is just, please heal my fear-based thoughts which is about as simple as it can get, but I can tell you that the day that it showed up for me, (laughs) I knew that it was something huge and powerful that I had never quite understood before. So it's just those very simple words, please heal my fear-based thoughts, but then you can customize that, of course, to whatever situation you're in. Well, you know what I say (laughs) daily, all the time. Please help me understand or change. Yeah, right. please help me. Right. And then yeah. I'm constantly, I would say in prayer all day, I just use the words that share blessings with others and heal them, such as thank you, I'm sorry, forgive me when I lapse into judgment, help me to know the path that will best serve spirit and my human and spiritual destiny. I am grateful for all the love and help that comes to me every day. So I'm, I think I'm constantly these days in some form of prayer. Right, right. And I am totally right there with you. It becomes like breathing. Mm-hmm. And that's I find that I use this particular prayer probably hundreds, if not thousands of times a day still. Mm-hmm. And this is several years after the, the prayer first came to me. And certainly there are lots of other similar ways of saying this. But this one just seems to have a particular power. Please heal my fear-based thoughts because it does several things. First of all, it acknowledges that we're not in charge of trying to heal the fear-based thoughts that we created in the first place. And that's a path that is very easy easy for the ego to go down. It's, um, you know, you take just love relationships, for instance, a romantic relationship. So, you know, we typically want to have a spiritual partner or be have that special someone in our life. Um, But what the ego sees is that that special someone is going to somehow make us feel better about ourselves. That person is going to literally complete us because we feel like we're not complete and whole as we are. Well, if I am in that ego mind and it finally dawns on me that, oh, maybe that's not really helpful. (laughs) Maybe I need to start thinking about myself as being a whole person. If I'm still in the ego mind and I'm trying to fix that thought, then I'm still just going back into the same spin cycle of the ego. I have to step out of that thinking, out of that mind, Mm. and invoke the Holy Spirit, invoke spirit to come into my life and to heal what I cannot heal for myself. So please heal my fear-based thoughts is a really powerful way of saying, I can't do this. I'm stuck in my ego. I don't want to be there. You come in and take care of that for me so that I can now just redirect my thoughts, toggle over to my higher mind, and live in the joy and the peace that I am instead. Because as soon as I start trying to fix myself, I'm right back in the fear and the not feeling like I'm enough. You know what I've started to do every day? 
I've started to say I'm in a fit and healthy body and I'm going out to enjoy my day to meet and share and, and, and be joyful and peaceful and happy. And I say it with a smile and uh, I feel very good <laughs> start, yes. Yes. starting my day that way. This is, this is only, I would say, maybe the last year I've started because we want to be whole. We are whole. It is only exactly. the reality of other people's fears and mindset that we're not whole. So if we think and we act, you see, it's not enough just to have the positive thought. We have to act on it. We have to bring it into reality, into the world for ourselves and for others. So I exactly. want to thank you, Deborah Landwehr Engel, author of Be the Light That You Are, for the gentle way to guide those already on the path to awakening even further and validate their own remembrances of the light within so they are able to see the world with clarity and use their spiritual gifts to achieve peace and well-being. To learn more about the totality of your being, Go to Deborah D E B R A Engel E N G L E dot com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have explored ways to remember our soul essence or the bright light within and the eternal nature of life so we may move past the restrictions and limitations of fear, sin, and the ego based re- illusion that society and old beliefs encourage us to believe. They encourage us to believe that the physical world is what we need to focus on. In actuality, our inner world or soul thoughts are really creating our reality and also the actions throughout the collective world. When focused on materialistic gains alone and forgetting the dual nature of life, which means addressing our spiritual needs as well as our physical needs we fail to achieve balance it is simply in knowing we are beings of light and love and creation and can create whatever we need to live in peace and harmony that we are able to combine or merge our dual nature and live a more prosperous purposeful and happy life It is in forgetting the truth of the divinity of each of us that we feel alone, separate from spirit and each other, and that is the great lie. For in truth we are never alone and always aligned to the creative force of life, and in remembering that truth we can know ourselves as co-creators and part of all possibilities for that which is beautiful and good within us. Deborah and I would have our listeners begin to pay attention to their thoughts, trying to rest in quietness rather than judgment or fear, and allow thoughts to shift to more pleasant, positive, and loving ideas and values, knowing their soul has the power to change life for themselves and others. Shift from negativity to loving thoughts and actions, and watch the changes that you begin to behold. Step back and listen to intuitive thoughts and guide yourself to accept the love you are. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing From Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, 
to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, educational, and the arts and music share the findings of body, mind, and spirit as we find the truth of our being and ways to live in greater harmony. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.